Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good Sunday evening. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So pleased to be with you. So happy that you decided to join me and spend your Sunday night with me. Uh, the numbers to call, the number to call, is one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. That's the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. So it's been quite an eventful week, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what has been going on and some of my views on what's been going on. Uh, Sheldon Freed will be joining me in just a couple of minutes, uh, but before we bring Sheldon on, uh, as you can see behind me, that is the Capitol building, and I know it's a nighttime view, this is a live view of the Capitol building, uh, the, um, the flags are flying at half-mast. The reason the flags are flying at half-mast is to, uh, commemorate the death of two Capitol City, um, two Capitol police officers, the Capitol Hill police officers, who were killed during the riot that happened a week ago on Capitol Hill. The riot that was intended to start to start the, uh, the process of stopping the inauguration of Joe Biden as President of the United States. Now, there has been much talk over the last week or so about Donald Trump's uh, part in this riot. There's been much talk about uh, vilifying conservatives shutting them out of Twitter, shutting them out of uh, uh, taking Parler down, uh, shutting them out of uh, various social media. Facebook's been closing conservative accounts. Uh, there's an all-out war on conservatism, and uh, it is a result of this riot that happened on Capitol Hill. Now, people tend to ignore the fact that um, one of the guys arrested for writing on the Capitol's in the Capitol, was a left-wing Antifa guy. And we don't know how many other left-wing Antifa guys were there. Everyone seems to ignore the fact that Donald Trump's speech did not necessarily uh, call for violence. If you read the speech, there is no call for violence in the speech. There is no time in the speech where Donald Trump encourages anybody to storm the Capitol or to, uh, to destroy or to hurt or to kill anybody. And we all know that radical groups tend to latch on to large events and wreak havoc. If we're going to believe the narrative that was fed to us over the, la over the last summer, when, when BLM riots burned down cities right across North America, and the media and the left told us continuously that it wasn't BLM, they were mostly peaceful protests, and BLM was infiltrated by some radical groups that caused the problems, the radical groups that were doing the looting and the burning and the beating up of people. And it wasn't BLM that was doing this. It was these radical groups that infiltrated BLM. So if we're going to believe that narrative from the summertime, then why would that narrative not apply to this riot at Capitol Hill? It is quite clear that the 100,000, 200,000 people that came to the rally, to, came to the Trump rally that President Trump spoke to, were peaceful. They were standing peacefully. They were protesting peacefully, as is their democratic right in the United States. 
They stood peacefully and they protested. Only a minority of the people who were there went to the Capitol to commit this crime. And only a minority of the people who went to the Capitol, some of them were just standing in the front and protesting, only a minority of the people that went to the Capitol, only about 100 or so people, broke into the Capitol and wreaked havoc inside the building. So why can't that narrative that was forwarded all summer as cities were burning to the ground also apply to this? If radical groups infiltrated BLM rallies, mostly peaceful BLM rallies, what makes us think that radical groups didn't infiltrate this rally too? Just, just uh, food for thought. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really quite fascinating to me as I watch the politics happen, because this is all political, and this is uh, the Democrats using their political advantage to try to get rid of the Republicans. And watching this all unfold is really quite fascinating. When you think back, and, man, and this is why history is important. Everyone always asks me, why is it important to learn history? This is why it's important to know history. Because when you look back over the summer, historically what was said over the summer about the riots happening right across America, the buildings burning down, people being beaten up, police being attacked, defund the police, that whole, that whole ruckus over the summer. We watched it for months and months and months. And the media kept telling us it was, it was radical groups that infiltrated peaceful groups. So... I, I tend to think that this is what happened at Capitol Hill uh, two Wednesdays ago. And we'll, we'll wait to see how many people get arrested. And we'll wait to see what affiliations they had and what their motivations were uh, before we can make a final judgment call. But, but one has to think that perhaps, just maybe, the same standards should be held to Donald Trump and his riots and his rallies, excuse me, as were held to BLM and their riots and rallies. Maybe we should hold everyone to the same standard. And that seems to be the problem here. The problem here is, is more the media than anything else. You see, the media built a whole industry. Their industry was dying. I don't know if you remember, in 2015, before Donald Trump's election, the media was dying. Newspapers were closing at a record rate. Radio stations across North America were shutting down at a record rate. Uh, TV stations were struggling. TV news stations were struggling to have viewership. Stephen Colbert took over from David Letterman. Three weeks after he took over, uh, CBS announced that they were canceling The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And then Stephen Colbert changed tacks and started attacking Donald Trump. And the eyeballs came to Stephen Colbert and saved his career and his TV show. And then suddenly, as if magically overnight, people started taking sides and started really going after Donald Trump, even before he was elected president, going after Donald Trump, attacking his integrity, attacking his, his, uh, his mental stability, attacking anything they could attack when it came to Donald Trump. The media divided the country and continues to divide the country. The media, using their power and their platforms, creates the divide, creates the hatred, breeds the the, 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 absolute, the absolute unbelievable, virtual uh, craziness that's been happening in the States. If you want to calm the situation down, you have to shut down the media or you have to calm the people on the media. Just this week, just this week, 
Don Lemon got on to CNN, and he is a primetime host on CNN. He hosts a primetime show. Millions of people watch Don Lemon every single night. Don Lemon got on to CNN and said that anybody who voted for Trump supports Nazism and white supremacy. That's 70 million Americans, more than 70 million Americans. Don Lemon said on CNN that more than 70 million Americans are white supremacists and Nazis. Let that sink in for a minute. And you wonder why there is such a division in the society. You wonder why people hate each other. You wonder why attacks like the attack on Capitol Hill happen. But it doesn't stop there. And, and that's the problem. The problem is that this, 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 this violent and, and horrific political rhetoric doesn't stop in politics. It carries through into people's lives. How many people watching this, how many people do you know that have deleted people because they made some kind of political statement on Facebook? That have just unfriended them. They've been friends for 100 years. Just unfriended them because they made some political statement on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. How many people do you know who have stopped talking to you or you have stopped talking to them because they supported one side or the other side in the American political debate? It's crazy. It's ludicrous. I've lived my life arguing politics. My entire adult life, I spent arguing politics. Every single moment of my adult life, I started doing this show here when I was uh, 20, 21 years old, 20 years old. And before this, I had another show that I started when I was 16 years old. My entire life, I've been arguing politics. But my entire life, I've been friends with people who don't necessarily agree with my political point of view. My entire life, I've stood with my friends. I've, I've gone, out, you know, gone out socially with my friends. We've maintained friendships, even though they abhor my political point of view, and I abhor their political point of view. But somehow we've made the friendships work because there is more to life than politics. And although I sit and I talk about politics two, three nights a week, and although I sit and I talk about politics more than two, three nights a week, I'm always talking about politics. There's more to life than politics. And sometimes a friendship's a friendship. And I don't care what you politically believe in. We have the right to, to disagree. We could have an argument. We could have the worst arguments. I've done this on the radio with people. I've had the worst arguments in the world on the radio with them. And then after the show, we turn off the microphones and we go out to eat. Because that is humanity. We're entitled to have different points of view. We're entitled to disagree with each other. We could agree to disagree. And we should all stand together, right wing, left wing, centrist, doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you stand on, we could all stand together and we should all stand together and condemn political violence, whether it comes from the right or the left. The BLM riots over the summer were 100% wrong. The National Guard should have been sent in. All those people should have been arrested. The riot at Capitol Hill a couple of weeks ago was 100% wrong. Those people should be arrested and tried to the fullest extent of the law. But it should, be, it should be equal. It should be even. It can't be that we pick on one side and we let the other side get away with it. That's not right. 
and to vilify one side because you disagree with their political point of view is absolutely abhorrent and contrary to the basic premise and principles of democracy. And anybody who supports that is a fascist because that's how fascism works. Take a look at the Bolsheviks. When the Bolsheviks took over and killed and killed the leader of Russia, what is the first thing they did? The first thing they did, they closed down the media and then they closed down religion. The first two things they did. Why close down the media? Because only one story is valid. There is no such thing as free speech in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a theocracy. There's no such thing as free speech in a, in a, in a dictatorship. So free speech has to go away. So the, 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 the fundamental basis of free speech is a free media. You can't have a democracy without a free media. So if you get rid of the free media, you're not, the, you're not a democracy anymore. If the government controls the message, then the message is, is the government's message. So you are not in control anymore. So that's the first thing a, a fascist government does, is it gets rid of the media. Then it gets rid of religion, because religion... Religion, although people conform in religion and when we follow a certain conformity in religion, religion expresses the idea of free thinking. People have the right to believe or not to believe. Does God exist? Does God not exist? Do I follow the rule of God? Do I not follow the rule of God? People have choice and people have the right to think and to discuss and to argue religion. It's free thinking. It's, um, it's critical thinking. And no government, no fascist government wants critical thinking. So religion has to go away. So, and another thing, and the most important thing, religion encourages morality. It encourages a certain moral level, a certain, a certain baseline for morality. And that has to disappear in order for a dictatorship to take hold. You can't have a moral baseline because then mass murder and, uh, and, and re-education camps and concentration camps would be opposed by the general public. So you can't have free-thinking people out there. So those have to be destroyed. And that's why they go after religion. So what are we seeing in the States today? And, and by extension, Canada, because this is kind of leaking over into Canada. And I'll tell you how in just a minute. So what do we see in the States today? A shutdown of the conservative point of view. Conservative, uh, conservatives were told to get off Twitter, go build your own platform. So they went and they built their own platform called Parler. Then Parler was demonized. And then Parler was ripped down off the web by Amazon Web Services. That, uh, that happened. So freedom of speech suddenly disappeared. Facebook decided that they were going to fact check conservative... Uh, points of view, but not so much the, 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 uh, the democratic point of view. So I, I've noticed, because I have a group on Facebook called the Howie Silberger uh, Show Group, and I've noticed that, um, that lately, in the last three, four weeks, uh, many of the posts from my conservative uh, followers on this group, I have a lot of non-conservative followers, a lot of democratic followers, a lot of liberals on the group, but from the conservative people on the group, I've noticed that many, many of their articles have been flagged as uh, potentially false or, uh, or flagged as dangerous talk. And I've been ordered to rip them down off the group, and I've refused to do that. And uh, I anticipate the group being shut down by Facebook any time now because I refuse to comply to their, 
to their uh, demand that I don't follow free speech and I don't allow people to express their opinions in the group. So uh, I, I won't be surprised if Facebook shuts it down any time. It wouldn't shock me. But at the same time, it makes me extremely sad. Now, if we look at Canada, uh, you know, we, we looked at the States, we look at Canada, if you take a look at Bill 21, the Quebec bill that bars people wearing religious symbols from, uh, from, from holding certain jobs that, uh, that the government considers, um, the government considers uh, leadership jobs, uh, judges, uh, lawyers, teachers, and you can't wear religious symbols, which means a, a woman can't wear a hijab and a, and a man can't wear a turban or a, or a yarmulke or a cross around his neck. There you go. There's the fascism coming in again. Think about the two rules of fascism. A free press and suppression of religion. Think about that for a second. Cancel culture is a, uh, is a rejection of morality and religion. And that's what's happening today. So we see, after we normalize the suppression of freedom of speech, after we normalize the suppression of, of religion, then it's not hard for a man to walk up to a synagogue in broad daylight with a can of gasoline and a lighter and spray paint and try to get in. And when he found the doors locked, put the gasoline down and spray paint the swastikas on the building. It's not very hard for somebody to do that in broad daylight because you've normalized the fact that religion and morality doesn't exist. We're living in a strange world, folks, and we got it. We got to turn it around. If we don't start reversing the trends, if we don't start taming the media, if we don't start changing the narrative, we are going to be in serious trouble. I've said this for a couple of years already, but we're getting there. The predictions we made four or five years ago are coming true. We're getting to the point where if this doesn't get tamed, people are going to die. Five people already died at the Capitol Hill riots. Four people died. Four people died in the autonomous zone in Seattle, where people declared their own country and the National Guard wasn't sent in. Nobody was shut down for that. If we don't change the narrative, if we don't watch what we say, if we don't insist that our media tone it down, we are heading for very, very, very seriously tough times. It's scary. It really is. Joining me now is my producer and my friend, Mr. Sheldon Eric Fried. He's the host of Inside the Vault here on True Talk Radio. Sheldon, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me. It is, uh, it is extremely scary, Sheldon, if you, if you think about what's going on. It is, is absolutely mind-bogglingly scary. I, I, don't, I don't know how, how else to put it. You know, when you take countries like, uh, as I was mentioning to you off air, countries of South America, countries of, cent of Central America, and other countries throughout the world that has a dictatorship governments, and there's wars and there's violence all the time, military coups. And then you see what happens in Washington. And I was like really thinking uh, a lot aloud because one thing I, I, I always would consider is the fact that, I, uh, that the attack on the Capitol building is attack on democracy. And the thing is whether or not you're left-wing, right-wing, Democratic, Republican, 
doesn't make a difference. Whoever, whoever those 100 people that you said are 200 people that actually went in and did damage to the Capitol, and and uh, there were there were people that were killed. Two police, two Capitol police people were killed, and that's why you said the flags uh, were lowered to half mass. I mean, those are the people, regardless of what their political affiliations are. Those are the people that should be held accountable. And I'm and I I could say this 100% that I know it wasn't just the right wing, but it was also the left wing. It was people that were just they just do not like the you could almost call them anarchists in their own mind. Well, they, they, are, they, they are in the fact anarchists. I mean, anybody who tries to uh, to to usurp democracy is an anarchist. They don't like and order. the so if they want and to the mayor of order, Washington an called it an act of terrorism. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I'm not sure I would agree with this as an act of terrorism. No, that's what the mayor said. That's not what I'm saying. But, but, but I'm saying it, that's what. But the, it may have been because the, was, um, yeah. the FBI has just announced that even before uh, Donald Trump made a speech, they had found uh, bombs planted at the Democratic National Conven uh, headquarters and the Republican oh, National headquarters, and uh, and that the that the. Um, that the attack on the Capitol happened as Donald Trump was speaking. So, he, so uh, according to the FBI, he didn't even provoke the attack. The attack happened as he was speaking, which means that the people who were attacking the building were at the building while Donald Trump was still talking, uh, you know, a mile away. Before the people that were attacking the building had their own agenda. I don't. Uh, they weren't. They weren't just. Uh, uh, you know. They weren't just waiting for Trump on their cell phones, and Trump would say, "Ready, get go." Because I listened to Trump to Trump's speech too, and I know that there was nothing in Trump's speech, his speech, that said "storm the Capitol and hurt people and smash windows." No, in fact, he said, "Let's go to the, to the Capitol peacefully." Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so like I said, I always call a spade a spade. I may not be crazy about Trump, but if. Trump you doesn't don't have do to be. You don't have to be crazy about him to tell the truth. No, and that's what it is, and that's exactly what I'm saying. There was nothing in a speech that said that he was responsible for the rights. If the people decided to to break windows, they had their own agenda. So it didn't make a difference to me who was president at that time. If they were going to storm the Capitol, they were going to storm the Capitol, and they were just going to use any excuse to do that. Like you said, if it's only a handful of people. And that's, of course, you and I discussed this last week, that the media is justifying ratings and they're saying they, they want, instead of them zeroing in on the people that were peacefully demonstrating, even going up to the steps of the Capitol building without going and, and uh, you know, without storming like inside, they didn't focus on that. They focused on the riots, just right. like they did. And, and, and you know, just like, and, and the thing that, that amazes me is that, um, is that, <clears throat> The media hates Trump so much that every time they talk about the riots, it's Trump's riots, right? Even though there's no evidence that this was Trump's riots at all, uh, that that's all we hear from them is that it was Trump's riots, Trump's riots, Trump's riots. And that's what I and because that's, that's what the I agree. The media has no it business. Just, it's just so wrong. The media, the media has one business and one business only. I've said it many, many times, and you know where I stand with the media. They have to look at three sides of the story: one side, the other side, and the truth. And you can't just because a person is a Republican, just because a person is Donald Trump or any other president or whatever. Now, I know that Trump got lambasted by the media. There's no argument there because I, I saw it from my own my own two eyes. But that's not what the media's role is supposed to be. And that's media is taking that. And now they're being biased in their reporting. So the same thing with social media, social media. 
as being biased against the conservatives. But let's say if a Democrat were to speak out, I don't know, say the same things as uh, conservatives were to do. But they did. But they did. Would they be shut down? But they did. And the media did not shut them down or even call them out on it. I'm saying that's that that was my question. Would they be shut down? The answer is no. Why are they shutting down one side? So you either shut down both sides or you don't shut them uh, shut them down at all. And the only time that people should be shut down is if they're saying I'm carrying a bomb with me and I'm going to kill people like something like that, because that's that's already that you're going above free speech. If you're but if you're saying a political viewpoint, which is harmless, like you said, you and I, you and I have been friends for many, many years. Yeah. You and I have been colleagues for many, many years. You and I have different political uh, viewpoints. I respect your viewpoints. You respect mine. We always remain friends. We never had an argument to the point that blew our friendship because I never believed in that because everybody should have a right to express whatever view, whatever views as they want. And the thing is, people that are friends respect the person. So, so like we respect one another. And in most cases, Republicans and Democrats or left wing, right wing, will respect and i'm saying most of it obviously yeah, not, not all because i mean let's face how many that. how many people have you seen on facebook who said i just deleted 15 people because they were trump supporters i mean I, i'm sure you've seen your friends do that uh, over the over the course I, of i've seen i've seen my friend but you know what when they say things about trump or when they say that trump's this or trump's that it's it's uh, or obama's this or or biden's this or whatever the case is the only time i would ever delete friends that would let's say do something like that is if they go after me on a personal level if they go after if they go after a character assassination or my family or my loved ones whatever then that's then that's too far i i never cared if somebody disagreed with my political point but if they but as long as there's they respect my views as i would respect theirs and like i said there's many times i've even said to you howie and you can go through the archives i said you know i may not agree with certain things that you say but you do sometimes say something that you'll say, you know what? I never thought about what you said. And it gives me it gives me a purpose to really think about this. And that's what that I would say. Oh, don't. Oh, my God. Don't don't start now. OK. Um, okay. Yes. Everything I, good. I, I, I just got a Windows update things. Oh, <laughs> Windows updating in the middle of a show. I always love when that happens. Yeah. So I just yeah. I, so I didn't say restart now. <laughs> OK. So. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so sorry for a little bit of a. But I was saying, like, you know, it was it's just to the point about mutual respect. And I think, like you said, and I agree with you 100 percent, you know, years ago, people used to make fun. People used to joke around, whatever the case is. Now, everything you have to be politically correct on everything. You have to be you have to be so careful what you say. It's like it's almost like people are walking on eggshells. I have and never, now you take social have, media. Sheldon, you know, I've never, Sheldon, down. Sheldon, you know, I've never been I've never been careful about what I say. And I've paid the price not, for that. I've really paid the price for that over the years. But I've never been careful about what I say because I believe in the freedom of speech. I believe that people have the right to say what they feel. Uh, now, of course, there's always a limit to freedom of speech. So um, I've never been a big fan of people, let's say, disparaging the president or the office of the president of the United States because I feel that the office has a certain amount of dignity to it that has to be maintained. So when people say, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, people, when people trash the office of the president, or trash the sitting president. I have a problem with that because I feel that that the office of the president has uh, has a certain um, a certain value to it that has to be maintained. 
Uh, now, if mm-hmm. you don't like the politics of the president or you don't like the politics of the prime minister, that's one thing. And and attacking an idea is different than attacking a person. And so well, I, that's what I always said. Yeah. Because so. even you and I discussed about even civic. Po- this was the reason why you're not why you didn't want to run on, on civic po- uh, politics, because you got you, you were under the knife. You were it wasn't that people disagree with you as that people were taking character assassinations to you. Yeah. So and I, that's the same thing. That's the same thing with me. And that's when when people and I, I have gotten rid of people that I thought were friends because they went after me. No, and going I said, after, no, going after you, you crossed the line. Story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I said, I said, you're gone. You're blocked. You're gone. You're unfriended. That's it. And there was no warning. And then sometimes people try to contact me. I said, I'm not interested. I said, I don't care if you this if you want to disagree with my, my politics, you want to disagree with my, my ideas. That's fine. That's fine. It's free speech. That I have no problem with that. But when you start going after me as a person, you start going after my family, you start you start saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, and you insult my intelligence, that goes too far. Totally different story. And 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 that's the thing. It's one thing. See, debate is a very healthy situation because sometimes a lot of ideas can be formed no matter which side you're on. Sometimes a, an opposition person or person, let's say, has a, a different viewpoint from myself, and they'll say something good and something I didn't think about. And I said, well, that's great. That's that's a very and I'll, and I'll say right away, thank you very much. That's an excellent point. Yeah. And I may not agree with maybe the rest of their political thing, but uh, but I won't I won't just shun them off because their politics are different from mine. Look, I've had my uh, I've had my opinion changed based on certain arguments that other people have made. I'm a pretty stubborn guy, and I my my opinions are pretty much my opinions. But I've had my you are not. But I've had my opinions changed over the years uh, from people who've made valid points, and sometimes people have different information than you have. And and sometimes looking at their information and and analyzing with the information that you have on whatever topic you're talking about and putting it all together, sometimes that changes your political output because, you know, once you um, once you have the full story, it's different than having part of the story, as as always. I wish everybody was like that, though. Not everybody's like that, Sheldon. You know what they say? Also, there's a couple of things you never talk to a lot of people about, especially if if you don't know them that well or even, even some people in your family that knows that you know has a big different political viewpoint. Two things you don't ever 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 never do never ask: money to borrow money, or talk about politics or religion. Or religion, yeah. Actually, those are the three things. Yeah. yeah. You know, many times you know, many times I've I've seen friendships break up. And, and, and there, there, yeah. there would be relationships that would be 20, 25, 30 years, and all of a sudden, like that, friendships gone. Like like vanished like like nothing like it didn't even exist look i uh um... and then i said friendships based on that then there were then they shouldn't then you know french then the friendships were not as solid as you would think look i i, I i'm a political guy i've been a political guy my whole life uh people who know me know i'm a political guy and know that i'll always be talking about politics or religion or or politics and religion i do shows on it i, I talk publicly about it uh, people always want to talk politics and religion with me. Sometimes I want to talk about movies, and nobody wants to talk about movies with me. They only want to talk about politics and religion. And I'm okay with that. Fine. Okay. So you don't want to talk about the latest uh, James Bond film. You don't want to talk about the latest Star Trek movie or Star Wars movie. No problem. I, I have no issue with that. But uh, you, know, you want to talk politics and religion? I can talk politics and religion my, all day and all night. It doesn't bother me. I, I enjoy it. Um, but I, I actually believe that we've come to a point where the media is instigating the violence right across the states and right across North America. 
And this is the issue I have. This is the problem I have. Is the fact that the media is promoting this violence. And by promoting this you know, violence... Media is like reality TV, Howie. It's, 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 if you think about it, it's, it's all worse, about it's worse ratings. Than, it's all it's, about sensationalism. It's worse than reality TV. Reality TV is scripted. So at least you know where the beginning and the end is. You know what's going to happen yeah. in between. Uh, yeah. T, you know, TV news is not scripted. I mean, it's supposed to be, but it's not. So when Don Lemon gets on and says that everybody who voted for Trump or everybody who supports Trump is a Nazi and a white well, supremacist, yeah. you're talking about 70 to 100 million people. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. That, that, that guy should be arrested because that is, that, is, that is instigating violence against half the American population. It's wrong. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very big insult because not everybody that voted for Trump is a Nazi. No. I know, I know people in, 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 in my family that have voted for Trump. They're not Nazis. Right. I mean, it's just you know, it's I, a ridiculous I, so assertion. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, and, I'm, and I'm looking at that, I'm going, okay, it's like, Right away, you based uh, uh, everybody on the actions of a few. And that's always a very dangerous slope. It's a very slippery slope because that's something you don't do. The, the worst problem, the, the worst than that was that when Lemon was called out upon, uh, about it for this week, he doubled down and said, no, I meant everything I said. So, well, I mean, so when he had a chance to back off and say, okay, wait, maybe... Maybe when I was talking to Chris Como, I, I, I didn't say really what I meant. Maybe it came out wrong. No, no, he doubled down. He says, that's exactly what I meant. So, come on. Even if he, if, even if he doubled down, it's once you say it, you can't get, you can't you get can't it back. You can't take it back. It's you can't take it back. So, I mean, even if he were to double down, it's too late anyway. Right. One eight seven seven. I guess you wanted to go in all the way, I suppose. one 1292 is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. You can talk to me and Sheldon uh, right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, Don't tweet him. No, you can't tweet me anymore. I closed down my Twitter account. You can't tweet <laughs> me anymore. That was the running joke. I used to say to tweet Howie, and I would say, "How many tweets did you get, Howie?" Uh, say one, none, one. or one. Yeah. Just Ryan yeah. Morrow. Ryan Morrow tweeted me the first. Uh, uh, well, he was on one time, uh, one a couple of times, uh, yeah, maybe a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, whatever. He was on. He was on a little while ago, and uh, I mentioned that you know, uh, the liner mentioned if you want to tweet Howie, you could tweet him at whatever. And then um, I said, you know, I don't know why that's in there because I've never gotten a tweet. <laughs> and then Ryan sent me a tweet and said, hey, I'm the first one. So um, yeah, Ryan Morrow was my first tweet. Should have done a screensaver. <laughs> I really should have. Uh, so I shut down my Twitter account because I'm opposing uh, the the um, suppression of freedom of speech. Uh, when Twitter blocked the president of the United States from from tweeting, and then blocked maybe fifty to maybe maybe fifty, a hundred, two hundred other conservative accounts, I said that's that's going a step too far. It's not it's not right. And so I um, I, I closed my Twitter account. The only thing we still do with Twitter is uh, this show is broadcast on Periscope, which is owned by Twitter. And that's the only connection we still have to Twitter. And um, that's it. I'm, I'm not doing anything more with Twitter. It's over. My one tweet will be deleted. Um, it, it's, it's, gonna just it's just wrong. Keep that screensaver, huh? It's just wrong. Um, now, um, now, if we talk about... Um, if we talk about uh, Facebook, somebody challenged me and said to me, but Facebook closes down uh, conservative accounts. Why aren't you getting off Facebook? 
And I will tell you that as soon as an alternative to Facebook is uh, is out there, uh, I will I will join it and I will close out my Facebook account too. That's uh, that's simple as that. Now we got a couple it's of uh, social, it's, amazing, it's amazing social media though, Howie. It's like they they you know. And I remember when the when the internet first started, you could remember this too. And they were saying it was not going to be policed. It was going to be free and open and this and that. And it, it's amazing how it just came 180 degrees. Yeah. Like it, it's awful. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, messages on, um, on the chat uh, in Facebook, on the Facebook chat during the live stream on Facebook. And, um, and, and uh, there's a couple of, there's at least one guy who's yelling that, uh, that Trump was inciting violence. And uh, Trump was inciting violence, and he would have shut him down. Trump was not inciting violence, and I want to see one tweet where Trump incites violence. Nobody's been able to provide me one tweet, one one tweet, just one, where Trump said, "Go and commit violence." It doesn't. Happen. I never heard in anything in his speech that he he's told never, anybody to commit violence. He's never asked anybody to commit violence. So I mean, you know, the the notion that Trump commits violence, that Trump uh, encourages people to commit violence, uh, is is a CNN fabrication or an MSNBC fabrication or some network fabrication. As part of the hate Trump campaign, uh, you know they they want to vilify him. They want him. They want his legacy to die. This is why they impeached him the second time. They don't want him to have much of a legacy. They want to stop him from being able to run for public office again because they hate him. And the hatred started six hours after he was elected, when the Washington Post published an article saying the impeachment process has begun. So I mean, this has been going on for a long time, and the hatred that the media has towards Trump has been going on for a long time. And people buy into it. You know, uh, it's mass media. People buy into mass media. They believe everything they hear and everything they see. Uh, I always tell people, and Sheldon, you know this, on the show and uh, anytime I speak, I always tell people the same thing. Never believe a word I say. Please, fact check everything. Don't believe a word I say. Don't believe a word Sheldon says. Fact check everything. Well, you know, and also things change within within seconds. Yeah, I course. mean, anything could happen within... A millisecond. So even if you and I are saying something that we currently may know, things could change as we're doing this broadcast. Right, of course. Things could change all the time. That's why... That's why you have to fact check everything. Check everything. Yeah. Yeah. Read up on everything. That's what I always said. Now, I've never seen anything or read articles about anything about Trump's speech that ever said to incite a riot. I have not seen it. I have not been any witness to it. And and like I said to you before, these people... That stormed, and again, just the people that stormed Capitol Hill, that went in and smashed windows. I'm not saying the people that sat in peacefully on the steps of the Capitol. That's a different story because they're not inciting any kind of violence. So the people that actually crashed, they had their own agenda. They had their own agenda going in. They came prepared, children. They were looking for an excuse. They came prepared. They had they had flak jackets on. They had uh, they had combat uh, they had combat boots. They had uh, they had guns. They had all sorts of stuff. They were prepared. The people who came to attack the Capitol was a pre-planned yeah. attack. This was not a spontaneous reaction to to Trump's telling them to go no. to the Capitol and peacefully protest. This was a uh, planned insurrection. And I'll agree with the word insurrection. I didn't I didn't like the word, but I'll agree with the word insurrection. This was a planned insurrection, and those people should be tried uh, for trying to overthrow the government because that's what they were trying to do. It's almost a splinter group. Like if you take a look at even like the demonstrations of the Black Lives Matter, the majority of the demonstrations were peaceful, but you had a splinter group 
Right. That decided to throw those firebombs, that decided to overturn... But why fire. is that standard not being applied to Trump? Well, it should. That should. It should be applying if, to everybody. If we're not... If we're not holding Black Lives Matter accountable for burning down of all the cities across the United States that burned down over the months of the summer, then why is people why are people holding Trump accountable for uh, a splinter group, some bunch of crazies who who broke off from his rally and went off to do whatever they did? In my opinion, uh, anybody that that breaks the law should be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. People that that violate that that break in. Uh, institutions, whether or not it's government or they break into businesses, throw Molotov cocktails, overturn police cars, hurt physical injury of, of, of businesses or anybody else, they should be all equally accountable to the fullest extent of the law. For the people that peacefully demonstrate, that's one thing and they should be left alone and they should be respected. And But it's always these splinter groups that again, a few rotten apples, I said it before and I'll say it again, it's always a few rotten apples that tarnishes the whole thing. So whatever demonstration, the problem is that the media focuses so much on these rotten apples, it also tarnishes the democracy of people having a right to demonstrate, but peacefully. So it tarnishes the demonstration. So the demonstration, whatever the points the people that wanted to peacefully demonstrate wanted to make was completely nullified, thanks to the media who pointed their, pointed their, their cameras and their microphones at the people at, at, at the thugs that did and, all and these damage. Let me repeat it one more time, just so I'm extremely clear on my position on this. I have not yet seen any evidence in any speech that Donald Trump has given as President of the United States where he actually encouraged people to revolt against his own government. I did not see one shred of evidence in anything that Trump has said or tweeted or done that has encouraged people to revolt against the government. He said that the election was stolen, he said that uh, they should uh, they should overturn the election through the courts. He said that if the um, he said that if the electoral votes were, uh, were 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 ratified and certified, he would accept that. I remember him saying that. And then I remember him saying that um, he was trying to convince Mike Pence to uh, to to not certify the votes. But he says that if they were going to be certified, he would leave peacefully. So I, I didn't see him once actually incite people to go and revolt against the government. That is a bunch of baloney put forth by the left-wing hate Trump media, and, and this is what this is all it is. It's it's baloney. I've seen the left incite violence. I've seen people uh, people on the left call for uh, for attacks on Republicans. I've seen people on the left call for open revolt. But I haven't seen that come from the president. It's it's uh, it's idiotic to even think that. It's um, uh, and I'm not saying that people who believe it, people who watch the media and believe everything they see on CNN, are idiotic. No, they're not. Because that's that's the nature of these this kind of media, it is to uh, to hook people and to get them to believe the narrative, but um, but what I'm saying is that the the idea is insane and it's not true, and uh, Years the ago, more you media was the more the more you repeat it, the more people believe it, but doesn't make it as you can repeat it a million times doesn't make it true. Well, years ago, media used to be saying, okay, this is what uh, was more of an independent. A body of taking the facts and for people to make up their own minds because at that point years ago media used to have a lot more trust in people than they do now now because they're so scared of looking over their shoulder or uh be you know having the ratings the viewership the listenership the readership now they're now they're not trusting people to make up their minds they're trying to make they're trying to make the people that consume this information 
they're trying to make their minds for them. And that's where I think is wrong because it, it, it insults the intelligence of the man and woman that that should make up their own mind. And like you said, fact check. If you don't believe something, fact checked. But yeah. the thing is, the way the media is doing it now is they're taking the fact that they're smarter and they're entitled to force people to think a certain way, whether or not it's right or wrong, which I think is wrong because that's not what media's role is. And that's I never thought that's what media's role is. And you know my play on that is that media has doesn't have the right to influence your political opinions, your political viewpoints. Let's, if anything, media should say when it comes time for an election, go out and vote. That's it. That's all. Media should not uh, should not promote a political party right, left, center. That's for media to stay out of. That's uh, media is supposed to report the facts, interviewed, and ask the hard questions, and treat every single person equally. And if a person does something wrong, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, or NDP here in this country. If they do something wrong, the media should go after them equally and should ask the hard questions. Not because if a person's conservative, they should rake him over the coals because he's conservative. Uh, it should be equal to everyone. And that's what media has lost sight. And media is going through a very dangerous precedent, not only in the United States, but here in Canada and a lot of other countries around the world. And it's dangerous. It's very frightening. As a consumer media, as a person, and you and I have been in the media for many, many, many years, and we've seen it evolve, but not in a good way. We've seen it evolve in a very bad way. We see it have gone downhill. And it's uh, media is now no, no, no more about the facts. It's called sensationalism and entitlement. Because they were going broke and they needed the sensationalism to get the exactly. Eyeballs, get That's the exactly. It's all about one thing. It's ratings. Numbers. It's all about ratings. It's all numbers, about numbers or ratings. Yeah. It's about the BBM in Canada or Nielsen ratings in the United States. That's what it's all about. They don't care about the facts or the truth anymore. They right away just go after people because they're this one or they're that one. And that's not right. I agree with you. You know, I don't, often, I don't often and, agree with you, but and, I do agree with you on this. And one thing also, you know, to me, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's always rotten apples in, in, in anything. There's rotten apples on the right, and there's rotten apples on the left. There's rotten apples on the center. There's rotten apples in the Republicans. There's rotten apples in the Democrats, the Liberals, NDP, and Conservatives here in, in Canada. But the thing is, you can't just tie the rotten apples and say that everybody's like that. You know what the, this reminds? You know, like this. This reminds me of like even here locally with the curfew, the curfew here. Yeah. How many times have I said it's like? 90% of your students, let's say in your class, you're a teacher. 90% of the students, they're polite. They respect you. They hand in their work on time. They're working hard. Uh, if they need help, they'll ask. They don't, you know, they, 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 they're very, very respectful. You got the 10% that don't care, that try to muscle up trouble, that try to, they, they don't like you. They disrespect you. They disrespect the other fellow students. So what does the local government do, do here? They punish everybody. Right. Right. They punish collective, everybody. Collective so the, punishment. It's, like the, yeah. it's, like, it's like the same thing that people went on trips. They knew that this was going to happen. They went on trips, and now all of a sudden, they can't come back. They're stuck in their country because they can't get a negative COVID test required 72 hours prior to departure. Otherwise, they cannot get on a plane bound for Canada. Right. 
So like this is so when it comes to anything, same thing as like I said, a few rotten apples on the Republican side, right wing or left wing, everybody gets punished. So everybody gets painted with the same brush. So the media decides, well, just to say that pe people are 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 demonstrating peacefully, ah, uh, that's not sensationalism enough. But oh my God, this hundred people that stormed Capitol Hill and smashed windows and created violence. Yeah, let's focus in on them. We need ratings. We have to increase the numbers. Like, what about the other people that demonstrated? And, and the thing is, like, when it comes to demonstration, the most peaceful demonstration, those are the ones that would usually get the attention. Of, I'm and not saying though, the media. Even though, Sheldon, the media. for years I covered the, uh, the, Israel, um, the Israel rally on, uh, on, on Israel Independence Day here in Montreal. And for years and years and years... Uh, I'd write the story, and then the editor, uh, for whatever whatever newspaper I was writing for at the time, would would tag on to the beginning of the story. Uh, he would tag on um, he would tag on ultra orthodox protesters, you know, and that's how the story would start for years. So I mean, you know, you had six idiots standing there with signs opposing Israel, and then they got the lead of the story, right? But thirty thousand people celebrating Israel didn't get the lead. And why do they do that? Because it's sensational, and this is what uh, this is what gets yeah. the people watching and buying papers. That's simply what it comes down to. Uh, it's nothing more than that. So uh, you know, when I when I look at when I look at media, and I, I see how corrupt media is and media was and is, which is essentially why I don't work for media anymore. Um, I I understand, I understand the corruptness. I understand the um, the way it works and what's expected and what. Uh, and what, even if it's not expected, is expected, if you know what I mean. Um, so once I understand that, and I, I do understand that because I've lived through it, uh, once I understand that, then I understand that, uh, that the masses, that the, the people, the population, follow what the media tells them. So the media in Quebec has, um, the French media in Quebec, has disparaged religion for years and years and years, oh, for at least two decades has been disparaging religion, have been putting down religious people, have been uh, knocking basically the church and all religious people, you know, co-religionists as they call them, uh, and, and has, has really been, been, um, been on the forefront of, of destroying uh, whatever religious fabric was in this province. So we get to a point where, um, we get to a point where the media has, uh, has pushed the population to the brink of not respecting religion at all, which is why Bill 21 and, uh, uh, was entertained and passed and there were no riots in the street, which is why the, um, the PQ was able to forward their charter of values and there were no riots in the street and uh, why people who opposed this stuff were called radicals. So, um, so, so we got to the point where religion didn't mean much anymore and people didn't care if religious people Plus the, the fear factor of you know Muslims, the different people, the fear factor of Muslims was ratcheted up, and so you know we got Bill you know Bill Twenty One passed into law, which punished Muslims and Jews and Sikhs and a bunch of other people, and uh, and, and everybody was fine with that, right? Because secularism should rule, religious people don't have to have um, respect and values, and and once again brings me back to in nineteen ninety one, I'm sorry. No, it was uh, 1991, was it 91, 93, 93, sorry. 1993, 12 synagogues in Montreal were desecrated with, with swastikas in the same weekend. And uh, I remember at the time, um, 
I was in university. I was at Concordia University at the time. And uh, I, um, we saw this, and I had a group. I had a, uh, I had a group called Save All Jews Everywhere, uh, a group I had founded, uh, co-founded with, with another guy. And we decided that we are going to have a march against uh, anti-Semitism in Montreal. Uh, at the time, the 12 synagogues were desecrated. And, um, and not only were they desecrated, but uh, the Ku Klux Klan were passing out the Klansman newspaper at McGill's Red Path Library. They were standing in front of the mm. library handing out the Klansman newspaper in front of McGill's Red Path Library. And so we had enough. We, the two of us had enough. And we organized a march against anti-Semitism in Montreal. And we were going to start at the front of McGill, uh, in front of Concordia University on, um, on De Maisonneuve and Guy Street, right on the corner. And we were going to march down to McGill. We were going to march down Sherbrooke Street to McGill and stop in front of Red Path Library. And in front of the Red Path Library, we were going to have our speeches and then we were going to go home. But we wanted to make this spectacle. And we took an ad in the, in the various newspapers and invited people to come to us, and we, we spoke about it on the radio, on the radio and uh, yeah, we, pushed the, uh, we pushed the idea, and we pushed the, uh, we pushed the rally, and 300 people showed up, which wasn't a bad turnout for a rally. It was pretty spontaneous. It was on, um, it was on uh, New Year's weekend, like uh, New hmm. Year's Monday, so it was, it was pretty spontaneous during holiday season. We got 300 people to show up to the rally. That's actually quite amazing. Yeah. And we, uh, we marched from McGill, from Concordia to McGill. And we stopped in front of the Red Path Library on McGill and Red Path. And, um, we, um, and while we were there, a group that was marching with us, so it was our group, and then another group joined us, another anti-fascist group, some other kind of group, joined us. And the group that joined us, I noticed as we were getting ready to give the speeches, we had a bunch of uh, dignitaries there to give speeches about, about anti-Semitism in Canada, blah, blah, blah. I noticed that this group had broken off from us, and they had moved away from our group. So they weren't joining us for the speeches. They had kind of moved off into the background. And I watched them from the podium. I was watching them as they approached the KKK, handing out the Klansman newspaper. And then the fight broke out as they attacked the Ku Klux Klan, handing out the newspaper. And there was a huge fight, a huge, uh, a huge fight. And a couple of the KKK guys were sent to the hospital. What do you think the headlines were the next morning, Sheldon? Yeah, you all got branded by the same brush. You got, all got we painted by the same brush. We all got painted by the same brush. Yeah, I knew it. I, that's, that's exactly my point. Then, then, Sheldon, two months later, uh, the government came up with a study on fascist groups in Canada. And guess whose group was included in the study of fascist groups in Canada, included in the list of fascist groups in Canada? Because they attacked, they attacked the Ku Klux Klan in front of the Klansmen, uh, in front, who were handing out Klansmen newspapers in front of the Red Path Library, and because we opposed a speech on Louis Farrakhan, uh, by Louis Farrakhan at Concordia University the same year. So we were listed as a fascist group in the uh, in the um, in the in the official government report on fascist groups for that year. Wow! And, and I don't know if that was a badge of honor, or I don't know if that was a badge of embarrassment. I'm not sure how to take it. Um, but at the same but at the same time, you got to think that um, that this is, this was this, this was the, this was normalizing that kind of behavior. This was normalizing guys like Louis Farrakhan by by. By saying it's okay for them to come and speak, I mean I have no problem with them speaking, 
but they they shouldn't be speaking on an institute of higher education. They shouldn't be speaking at a university. The same way some radical right guy shouldn't be speaking at a, at a university. Uh, radicalism shouldn't be encouraged on university campuses. University campuses are institutes of higher education, uh, pushing a radical agenda, saying that uh, that 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 the whites, the, all whites are slaveholders. Therefore, every single white person in the world is evil, uh, or saying that all blacks are uh, are slaves and everybody should be enslaved. Uh, going either direction is wrong on a university campus, in my opinion. Um, we should be encouraging education. Yeah, you have to know both sides. But the radical sides, I mean, I don't think those are important to be, exposed, to be exposing young people to because that's how you radicalize people. You expose them to these kind of ideas and you push these kind of ideas. Um, which is why also that I have this problem with guys like Don Lemon on CNN calling everybody Nazis, everybody who supports Trump Nazis. Making a generalized statement like that is really an issue for me because you have the crazies and the radicals in society that listen to guys like this they watch television, they listen to guys, and they say, you know, he's right. Darn it, he's 100% right. And then they go out and they take action based on this guy's statement. And the guy doesn't even know that he instigated somebody to go and do something. And next thing you know, some guy's dead, some guy's in the hospital, some guy's, uh, some guy's hurt because he watched Don Lemon call Jews Nazis, or call, uh, not Jews, uh, called uh, Trump supporters Nazis. And now, you know, if you're a normal person, and I'm a normal person, if I actually believed that people living next door to me were Nazis, it would be my moral responsibility to go out and kill them because we know what Nazism is. We know what Nazism did. It would be my moral responsibility to go and kill a Nazi. If I knew there was an actual Nazi who was planning to perpetrate the kind of attacks that Nazis perpetrated, it would be my moral responsibility to go and take that guy out. Regardless if it was legal or not, it would be morally right to go and to murder the guy. Let's be honest. Do you disagree? No, I'm just listening to what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just like, I've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. Like I, I totally get it. I understand, but it's, it, it's always the case that it's always that people, for a select few people that are hoodlums or whatever, everybody gets painted by this. It's ridiculous. It's people have to stop this, and people have to, you know, people have to actually get up off their tochus and actually and actually do something that's sorely missing these days, do critical thinking. Don't always believe everything the media is telling you. Like you said, fact check, fact check, fact check. You have to that's what you check. have to do. You have to do it. You, you Look, the listeners on, on your show, they're bright listeners. They have a mind of their own. They don't need you and I, even though, you know, it's an entertaining show of of news and politics and everything else. And we say basically how we feel based on what we see in front of us. But we also encourage people that are listening to make up their own minds and for them to, like you said, to do the fact checking and to respect people like you and I respect our listeners very, very much. And we know that they have a mind of their own, that they could do their own thinking. And if they don't want to believe us or if they do believe us, that's fine. But I still encourage each and everybody to always do fact checking. And the thing is, stories change within seconds. So even if you, like I said, if you and I are doing something, I think we're running out of time, eh? No, we're good. We're good. Okay. So when we're doing the necessary fact checking, things change within a, you know, that's what it is with electronic media also. Things change all the time. And, and the thing is that 
we encourage people to not take in what commercial media is and for them to make up their own minds and don't let don't be insulted by what media is portraying and the thing is believe in what you want to believe say your free speech and i know that most of the people that are listening to us right now wouldn't be the ones that would storm capitol hill wouldn't be the ones to inflict damages on businesses or overturn cars or hurt or may hurt or kill people because i know but I'm saying the people that do, they're the ones that should be accountable. And that should not be a reflection for the other 95 or 98% of the people that are law abiding citizens. And that's something I encourage media to really strongly take no, uh, note of because we're really going through a very and you have to understand a slippery slope. And you have to understand that when you um that when you vilify, when you vilify religion. And you vilify religious people. So the media has been vilifying Orthodox Jews, claiming that Orthodox Jews are the main spreaders of COVID. This has been happening for months and months and months. In fact, uh, the governor of New York, um, Mr. Cuomo, uh, actually showed video of Orthodox Jews praying while blaming them for the spread of COVID. He, he had video playing at his press conference of Orthodox Jews praying while he blamed them for the spread of COVID. Which, um, which in fact would be considered a blood libel, if you if you ask me. Um, so when you when you vilify Orthodox Jews and you vilify Jews in general and say Jews are one of the main spreaders of COVID, and Jews are evil because they're 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 killing other people, they're killing grandma because they're spreading COVID because they're not wearing masks and they're not uh, they're not following um, they're not following the, uh, the 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 recommendations of the of the health authorities. Um, that prompts crazy people like the idiot who. Who um, who desecrated the Sharshmayim synagogue in Montreal? That prompts these guys to go out in broad daylight and do what they did in broad daylight. That's what prompts them to do it. Uh, you know, considering the fact that mo that a lot of New Yorkers happen to be Jewish, that voted for Como, you better watch that because they might really turn the other cheek and 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 not vote for him anymore. Because that's number one. Number two, you take a look of how many people, like even our local government, was which was at one point was actually going to say, okay, it's okay for you to get together and celebrate for people that are not Jewish to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. But it's not okay, okay. to celebrate Hanukkah. And, and the thing is, well, and the thing is, but the Jewish people couldn't celebrate Hanukkah. Right. So I, I basically said, I don't care if you're Jewish, Muslim, what, whatever. It's health dictates everything. So if, if anybody, if you're, if, if you're having a big party, a big Hanukkah party, that's a no-no right now. If you're having a big Christmas party, that's a no-no right now. If you're having a big New Year's party, that's a no-no right now. Because this is the problem why people are getting it. And it's not the or it's not the Orthodox Jews. And most of the Orthodox Jews are listening. Again, they pick up a few rotten apples, and that's the problem. Same thing as most Christian people. They did not celebrate Christmas with, with big families like they normally do, big Christmas suppers or meals or whatever, they stay at home or they stay within their family bubble. It was only that five or 10%, they went out. Okay, this is the problem. But the people that are the rotten apples, we're all getting punished because now we have a curfew in, in our neck of the woods. Now we're getting punished. Where you and I would be would, would obey and you and I would be socially distant, wear the mask when we're going out. 
hand washing, doing everything we possibly can to keep ourselves and the people that we know and care about safe, we're getting penalized and we didn't do anything wrong. I, I agree. I'm, uh, I, I don't like being uh, so, being ordered to stay in my house. So the, I, I really don't like it. So, so that's the thing. So we're like, we're, we're like those 90% of the students that always did everything right, behaved ourselves, listened, did everything what we were told. And, and even that, we're still punished. Right. So maybe you, maybe they saying, should get the curfew of the people. Are you saying that people that are, that that absolutely? Sorry, go ahead. Are you saying that people uh, aren't obeying because they feel that they're being uh, uh, mis mistreated? No, the people. No, the people that are thinking that they're entitled. That are that are going out and defying the government and and doing this and doing that and they and you know getting together with a lot of people on a beach somewhere. Uh, in the states or wherever the, where, wherever the case is, that's not acceptable. I don't care what religion, I don't care what skin color, I don't care about nothing. They are they are not helping the situation where you and I are making all the sacrifices in the world and the people we know and love and 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 close to the both of us, they're making sacrifices, and yet people are still getting sick. Right. And we're we're the one. So you know you know is. Is it is is it the is it the world normal, the world normal and, and we're crazy, or we're normal and the rest of the world is crazy? Who knows? I think it goes both ways. Because I definitely think you're crazy. So it's like, thank you. Well, people and people in media and radio, you know, we have we have a personality all of our own, buddy. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so again, right. for people that want to tweet, how we forget it, eh? Yeah, don't tweet me. Uh... <laughs> One yeah, Ryan, eight, same to you. Don't tweet him. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 Instead of tweeting me, why don't you call me? one 669 1292 So there is an uh, inauguration coming up this week, Sheldon. It will be held right near the building mm -hmm. that's right behind me. And, um, and uh, they have over 3,000 troops guarding the, uh, the Capitol this, um, this week. Uh, for the inauguration, um, do you think that three? I mean, when we think about thirty thousand, sorry, over thirty thousand troops, not three thousand, thirty thousand troops. So when we talk about thirty thousand troops, uh, that's more troops than they have in Afghanistan, and more troops than they have in Iraq, that are sitting in Washington right now, uh, guarding the capital. Uh, they were authorized today to use lethal force. Um, oh boy. Do you think there's going to be a problem at the inauguration? Do you think there'll be riots? I, I don't think so. But, um, but, but they seem to be worried because of what happened at the Capitol building on Wednesday two weeks ago. What, what do you think is going well, to happen? I was, watching a C I was watching a CBC interview when they, were, they had a military analyst or military expert, and he was saying because of the police in the, the Capitol Police really being caught flat-footed and being severely outnumbered, they're not going to have. They're not. They're. They're not going to have egg on their face a second time. So but they're really going to be over the extreme. Police, they're going to have. Wait one second. One second. Let me stop you because the Capitol Police, according to reports uh, this week, were warned by the FBI that this was a potential thing that was going to happen. Uh, the Capitol Police were told, and they 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 were uh, they were told that maybe they should bring in the National Guard. Maybe uh, maybe they should beef up their security. Because the, the FBI was hearing talk. They were hearing chatter that this might happen. Um, 
this was a pre-planned event. This wasn't a spontaneous reaction to President Trump's speech, which was a ridiculous notion to start with. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh-huh. I mean, what happened happened. Let's move on. Um, the uh, they they were told that this might be happening, and the Capitol Police did nothing to um, to to beef up their security, which is why the Capitol Police chief had to resign his position right after the riot. Right. So. Um, oh, good. So so the question is. Uh, you go from doing nothing. It's like people who uh, who get robbed. They don't have an alarm system. They don't have an alarm system. They get robbed, and suddenly they, they, they have lights outside their homes and cameras everywhere and uh, an alarm system that screams uh, 500 decibels, right? Uh, yep, exactly. So, so this, is, this, is what, this is the effect. It's the human effect that, uh, that you always overreact after something dreadful happens to you. So something dreadful happened at the Capitol. It's right before a major event. The president of the United States is going to be inaugurated. The oncoming president is going to be inaugurated. It's a major event. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm opposed to having this many troops there. It's a deterrent for whoever wants to cause trouble. Uh, as long as they don't start shooting people at random, it's a deterrent for anybody who wants who wants to cause trouble. I don't think I have a problem with this many troops there. Uh, the more security, the better. Well, they have to because uh, they have to ensure also the safety of the president of the United States and yeah. the vice president of the United States. So they have to they have to do that because usually there would be security there in any inauguration. I mean that's that's a that's a normal that that's a normal part. But obviously the security is going to be so tight it's going to be absolutely unbelievable, unprecedented. Not only the uh, the inauguration, Howie, but also all the United States cap uh, sorry all the state capitals yeah are going to be under heavy guard now because uh, the FBI has been also getting word that there could be possible riots or. Uh, some kind of a march or something. Well, march is one thing. Again, it's they're worried about splinter groups again or ex- ex- extremists, whatever you want to call them. Obviously, the minority of the demonstrators, they're worried that they could they could uh, create a lot of havoc. So they're on the guard. They're on their guard, too. So all the United States capitals are going to be fully protected. Good, as they should be, because so once again, political, they have to do this. Political violence yeah. is they never, have to. ever they acceptable. Have to. It's never acceptable to have political yeah. violence. Never. There's not one. So instance. I'm just wondering that it, it's better to be equipped. And also, again, the president and the vice president are going to be sworn in. Yeah. They have to do it now more than ever because of what happened in Capitol Hill. So now they have to do it. They have to put even more security than they would have normally put in. But now it's going to be probably security that you'll it'll be an unforeseen amount of security. It'll be on news headlines everywhere. So it's going to be really interesting to find out what's going to happen in inauguration. And hopefully, God willing, everything will, will be in peace and there will not be any incidents. But I'm sure there's going to be something, but maybe not the same magnitude as what happened in Capitol Hill. But there might be some disruptions. I hope hope not. Hope it'll be very peaceful and everything will be will be done. And then after he gets sworn in, hopefully things will start calming down because Regardless if Trump won or Biden won, we have to have the United States has to have a semblance of order and calm. The attack on Capitol Hill, the Capitol buildings is all the institutions of democracy that the United States has always been known for around the world. And it was attacked on on democracy. Yes. And we have to calm people down no matter which side of no, no matter which side. You're on. If you want to say the, if people want to say the election's fixed, fine. But don't create havoc. Don't hurt innocent people that were in 
that were in the cap that were in the capital that were in congress don't hurt the innocent people they they were they were elected to serve you whether or not they were elected democrat or republican they were elected to serve the people and i think the congress just like the government i think like the, the congress president. i think the congress people should remember that too and i think that the news people should remember that it's their privilege yes. it's a privilege to be on the air it's not a right they have a privilege of being on the air and they have a privilege of talking to millions of people on a platform. And they should take that privilege and that responsibility very seriously and watch their words. Um, I, I know that when we, I've been doing the show for, for years. And I know that every single show that I get onto the air, I have very strong opinions on a lot of different topics. But every single show I get onto the air, I understand the responsibility, even though we don't reach millions of people. Maybe we do. I don't know. But, um, but, but even though I don't think we reach as many millions of people as CNN does, probably not. Uh, but I, but I understand that 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 the people we do reach, we have a responsibility to speak responsibly. We have a responsibility to temper yeah, that... to temper the conversation, to to allow the conversation the free flow of ideas without inciting hatred, violence, or anything else. We have that responsibility. That's our exactly. that's our that's our duty uh, when we have a platform. And that's that the is thing our duty. that I'm That's the thing that I'm honored to be a part of your show and honored to do my show on the platform and i always take it very seriously like you take your your shows very very seriously and it doesn't make a difference what type of media that you're on because you're still broadcasting people yeah. are listening exactly. and and the thing is you want you want to reach out to people not to commit violence but to make people think on their own to come up with their own ideas to come up with their own that's what the future of politicians are are people that come up with their own ideas and, and have, own strategies and i have to and tell you for them, and that's what it is I have to tell you, Sheldon, I intentionally, intentionally, when I program True Talk Radio, and I do all the programming on True Talk Radio, I choose the shows that go on there. I do everything uh, when it comes to programming True Talk Radio. And when I program the True Talk Radio stream, if you look at the schedule, you'll see there's a, quite a balance between right-wing and left-wing shows. It's, a, uh, it's, it's an even balance. I, uh, I play everything because I believe in the free dissemination of ideas. I believe in the... Uh, in the freedom of people to express different points of view. And I think it's important that we all hear different points of view. If you live in an echo chamber, you are never, ever going to have a valid point of view. You can't live in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. You can't watch CNN 24 hours a day and say that you're, you're up to date on politics. It doesn't work that way because you're only up to date on whatever the political philosophy of CNN is that day. You can't say I watch Fox News every day and, and I only watch Fox News. I never flip over to CNN and say that I have a rounded point of view when it comes to politics. You can't just read the Washington mm -hmm. Post. Uh, if you do that, you're, you're getting a slanted point of view because you're getting the point of view of whatever political stance that particular news organization has. And you're not getting the other side. And if you don't get the other side, you can't have a balanced view of the issue yourself. I myself watch... That's for various different networks every night. I watch an hour here, an hour there, an hour there, and an hour there uh, in order to get a balanced point of view. I, I, like to, I like to get a full balance. I like to get the full perspective. So I watch the hate Trump networks and I watch the pro-Trump networks and I try to balance. I know the truth is somewhere in between the two of them. Um, you know, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't get it right. Right, okay, fine, whatever, right? But, um, but at the same time, there's a balance and you, you have to have a balance. And so on True Talk Radio, I try to keep that balance. I mean, I have David Pakman, who's radical left. Uh, I have uh, Ben Shapiro, who's radical right. I mean, they, they're both up here on the, on the station, right? So, you know, it's, it's kind of a balance, right? 
and, and that's what I try to do. I mean, um, whether I'm successful or not, that's a different story, but I try. And I have Sheldon Freed. Well, the biggest, the, the biggest things as well is, is the fact that the most balanced viewpoints are the most intellectual because you're taking both sides as opposed to taking one side and, and there's good points and bad points to either side and you get the good points on both sides and then you come up with these creative ideas. Right. So it's not that always the left is always the best or the right is always the best. There's good things on certain things on the left. There's certain things on the right. And then you balance them up. And, and the same thing at the center, you balance all three, three up, and then you come up and then you come up with a good stream of information of intellectual information. And that's how the best, that's the best way to think. In my opinion, is you balance out everything. And, and that's, that's how you come up with this whole holistic approach in terms of the thought processes and your logic. And that's, how, that's the best way to do it. Same thing I've with programming done. on True Talk Radio. I mean, I mean, my music speaks for itself, but I don't, you know, it's not a political show. But, uh, but the thing is, on the other shows that you do have, it's good to have a balance on, on both things because you, you look at one, you look at Ben Shapiro, and you look at the other shows that you do have. And you get to look at maybe certain things have been absolutely out of sight. And there's other things. Oh, he's, he's out the right field somewhere. Right. And the same thing with, with your, your, the left-leaning shows. There might be certain things, points. Yeah, he, he has a, a good point. And other things, yeah, he's out to lunch also. And then you just take the real good points on, on all sides. And that's how, that's, how, that's how you learn. When you teach students, that's how you teach students. I mean, that's what teachers do. They don't take their own political situation. They put out all sides of the issues and it's for the students to be able to learn and do research and, 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 and take different aspects of, of all sides. And that's, and that's the, that's the future politicians that's going to be up in the next generations that follow. All right. So we got it. We got a comment on uh, Facebook from Dino uh, replying to Howie. Mainstream journalists have prioritized their careers and their access to power players over the obligation to report factually. I have little hope that this will change anytime soon. Don't follow like a sheep. He's 100% right. I, I agree with, I agree yeah. with Dino. I, no, normally, I agree with Dino. Whenever Dino uh, posts, he, I always agree with him. Uh, he's right. He's 100% right. I love right. Dino. Yeah. I, I love Dino. He's 100% on the mark. Uh, I've even had some certain conversations like that, too, uh, with him. And... Uh, and hopefully we'll get him on soon. But uh, yeah, Dino, you're absolutely 100% right. You can't yeah. follow we, like we, a sheep. Uh, yeah, and, that's and, why and do majority, your research, research. Look, we have the internet now. Do your research. The majority the majority of people that I see, at least posting on social media, uh, are people who are, who are just parroting. And that's what they're doing. They're parroting the talking points that they hear on CNN, MSNBC, uh, ABC, NBC, they're just parroting the talking points. And it gets kind of annoying because you can't have a conversation with someone who's just parroting it. So sometimes you want to discuss it. You want to go a little deeper into the issue. So you ask them a question. They can't even answer the question because they don't know because all they're doing is repeating a point that Joy Behar or, uh, or, 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 or uh, Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo made. And, and you know, when you repeat stuff that you hear and you're just becoming a parrot, it's not really furthering the conversation. This is really why all the uh, no. this is really why the problem I have. You know, it's I, like rebroadcasting a broadcast. Right. I um I really don't believe, I really don't believe that there are too many journalists out there anymore, 
that have uh, that have integrity. I, I I've come to I've come to the conclusion, at least in television journalism, and in newspaper journalism, and in radio journalism. So that's pretty much all journalism. I I've come to the conclusion that most of the journalists out there, uh, I can't say all of them because there are some that still have a mediocrity of uh, integrity, but most of the publications out there that employ journalists force the journalists to choose between being employed and being and having integrity. And most journalists who need jobs, because everybody needs a job, uh, have to choose to give up their integrity in order to stay employed. And I think that is the, uh, that is the problem today with uh, corporate-run media, is that uh, they have a well, point of you view. You just echoed my sentiments exactly. They have yeah. a point of view, yeah. and, uh, and their point of view, and their point of view takes precedence over integrity, takes precedence over truthfulness, takes precedence over everything. They're paying the bills, and this is how you have to do it. And I, I love to tell the story, and I continue to tell the story, of uh, when, I, you know, when, I, when I first became a journalist, and I wrote an article that was fair and balanced, and, uh, and then suddenly, um, when they published the article, it was a completely different article than the article I had written, because my article didn't conform with what the publisher wanted published in his paper. And so they changed the article, left my byline on it, but changed the article to conform. That was the first and last time I wrote an article for that paper. But that was, uh, that was corporate media, and that's the way the corporate media works. They, uh, they expect you to write to their political point of view, to their publisher's political point of view, because their publisher is the one who pays the bills. And if he doesn't like your point of view, well, too bad. I'll find somebody who will write to my point of view. And, and that's the problem mm-hmm. with corporate media today. And trust me, I, mean, I, that's the people I, speak from, I speak from experience. I've lived this. So, you know, people are, there are people posting saying, you're full of it, Howie. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no everybody has integrity. It's not true. I've lived through it. I speak from personal experience. I've written for 50 papers. I, I've worked for three different radio stations. I've worked for two TV stations. I know how it works. It's not, there's no integrity, very little integrity. I can't say no because certain journalists do still have integrity. But there's very little integrity in journalism today. Yeah. I remember what the, uh, I remember what the elections too, where I certain, that's why I said the ownership of media will tell, you know, the media, a certain paper or a certain broadcast, so they'll say, we're endorsing a political party. And, and the thing is, the, the owner is using the media to broadcast his, his point of view, and uh, where he couldn't do it alone. So he's using his own company to do that. And that's where I think that the, the FCC and the CRTC and other media regulatory bodies throughout the world, they should go after this media, the media people that do that and say, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. It's one thing to tell people to go out and vote for your favorite political party. It's another thing to endorse a political party. And, and I don't care which political party. I'm not saying it because, you know, if it's center or left that uh, to stop endorsing the right. I'm telling people that own corporate medias to keep your political affiliations off the table. Sheldon, I just want to and prove- have people help people to vote, and that's it. Sheldon, we have about two minutes left. I just want to prove my point. So, um, as I was just talking about my personal experience in media and how I how I saw pers- firsthand about the integrity of journalism, uh, somebody posted into the Facebook uh, into the Facebook uh, post, and they said, uh, "Only you have integrity, Howie." Ha ha ha! Rolling on the floor laughing. Um, so this is the kind of trolling that happens uh, when you just try to speak about your own personal experience. And, and you have firsthand knowledge of something, 
And this is the kind of trolling that happens, right? So with this kind of trolling, it's not very helpful to further the conversation. It's not very helpful to put to, 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 to continue the conversation. It's just a troll trying to get under your skin. And, and this is the answer you get. You can't even have a normal conversation anymore without having answers like that. It's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, we're living mm-hmm. in a ridiculous world, Sheldon. No kidding. Absolutely. Sheldon, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Tune in to Sheldon's uh, show every night, uh, live on Mondays, but every night after that we, uh, we played a rerun uh, between 7 and 9 p.m. It's called Inside the Vault. He plays uh, all sorts of music that you may or may not like, but uh, you'll only find out if you like it or you don't like it if you may actually tune don't in. Like. Oh, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you'll only find out if you like it if you actually tune into the show. So check out Sheldon's Inside the Vault. Uh, Monday's live between 7 and 9, then replayed uh, Tuesday to uh, Friday. Uh, between 7 and 9 p.m. right here on truetalkradio.com. Join me on Tuesday for Political Hitman right here on uh, on truetalkradio.com. I want to thank everybody who's listening, everybody who commented, everybody who called in. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you all. And all, and, all, and all the people that decided to tweet Howie, but it didn't go through. And um, yeah, and then and, and, uh, the tweets, the tweets, keep the tweets coming. I've closed my Twitter account, but you can keep tweeting it if you want. Uh, nobody will ever check Thanks, it. Ryan. <laughs> Take care, and we will uh, we'll see you again next week. Well, I'll see you on Tuesday, but Sheldon will see Take you again care. next week.